Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for April 26, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the miracles of Jesus. So I started on January 2nd to walk through every miracle, and I'm at the last one now, where Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. So this is part 69 of the overall series. As we've been going through this, I trust that you've been growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and growing in your understanding of God, his love, his power, his anointing, his favor towards us. And with miracle after miracle, my desire is that your faith continues to grow and to expand, that you are put in the chat. I expand my capacity to believe God. You you want to expand your capacity to believe God where you no longer have any limits on our God of no limits, that you remove every artificial limit you've ever placed on our God so that God is free to do whatever he wants to do in our lives. Put it in the chat. Say, Lord, you are free. You, We want to liberate God. We want to free God. We don't want to be the hindrance. We don't want, we don't want to slow God down in any way. We don't want to make it hard for God to bless us. <laughs> we want to be in a position to receive God's goodness and grace and favor towards us. Today, we're going to learn that sometimes when you're walking with God, you have to endure a certain level of pain and challenge and struggle, and you have to overcome some things. And so the title of today's message is Providence and Pain. Put that in the chat. Providence and Pain is God's providence is our pain. Finding purpose in what God allows. As a believer, sometimes we have to seek to find purpose in the things that God allows. God can prevent and God can permit, and whatever he permits there's purpose in it somehow, so we got to find purpose in what God allows. Let's get ready for the word. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. Uh, as we get into the actual miracle, before I do, I want to read for you Psalms 126 and verse 4. The Bible says in Psalms 126 and verse 4 from the Passion Translation, Now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. This is a scripture that we've been meditating on at, at our church all year. This is We believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. So say, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. What we want is not for dry hearts to be dibbled and dabbled and sprinkled again. No, we want to be drenched in God's goodness and God's favor and God's anointing. Say, Lord, drench me in your spirit. We, we, we're talking about fresh wind, fresh fire, fresh anointing. Say amen to that. So this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. Let's talk about John 11. We've been looking at this for a while now, for a few weeks. In our last message, we saw how Jesus's encounter with Mary was different than his encounter with Martha, right? And so although Mary's initial words, or actually only words to Jesus, were the same words that Mary, uh, that Martha initially said, which was, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Although Martha had spoken the same words, when Martha spoke the words, nothing happened. And actually, it led to this long diatribe with Jesus, and Jesus got nowhere with her. But when Mary spoke the same words, she said the same 12 words, but she said them from a different position. She said the same 12 words, but she said them from a different disposition. And it was the position of a heart that actually caused Jesus 
to move. Jesus wanted to do something about it because she was weeping at his feet. The Bible says that when Jesus saw her weeping and he looked around and he saw that the other people who had come with her were weeping, they were all mourning. Jesus was deeply moved. He was compelled with compassion. It hurt Jesus that the family that he loved was going through the situation. It hurt him that the situation hurt them. It hurt Jesus that they were enduring so much pain. Although Jesus already knew the end of the story, already Jesus had already said, listen, this sickness will not end in death. It is for the glory of God that the Son of God may be glorified thereby. In the spirit, Jesus had already seen Lazarus raised from the dead. But even though he saw the end from the beginning, it hurt Jesus that this family was hurting. It hurt Jesus that this family was in pain. And so this is what Jesus said. He's looking around and, and, and she's crying. He's looking around and they're crying. He says, where have you laid him? And the people, Mary couldn't even say anything. He said, where have you laid him? And Mary, she couldn't, it was the other people that said, well, Lord, come, come and see. And the Bible says, when they said, come and see, Jesus wept. Jesus was moved to tears. Jesus identified with their pain. Jesus identified with their hurt. He connected with the situation. He saw she was crying. They were crying. Oh my God. Even though what she said was, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It was a different disposition. It, it touched Jesus in some way. Jesus was like, where have you laid him? They said, come and see. And Jesus started crying. Jesus started weeping. Jesus wept. See, part of the reason why Jesus came from heaven to the earth so was so that he can identify with us. Part of the reason why Jesus came, God took on the form of a man. God walked into a flesh and blood suit. Why? So that he could identify with us as humans. And so he walked like we walked. He was tempted like we get tempted. He felt like we feel. He hurt like we hurt. He came, he left heaven and put on a flesh and blood body so that he could identify with us. We do not have, watch this, Hebrews 4 and 15 says, we do not have a high priest in heaven who cannot sympathize with us. He, we do not have a high priest in heaven who does not identify with us. He was he was human in every way, so he can identify with us. He was a human like us. He felt like we feel. He, he hurt like we hurt, and so he can identify. Listen, God can identify with you. Put it in the chat. God loves me. Put it in the chat. God can identify with me. Put it in the chat. It hurts God when I'm hurt. Uh, yeah, it, it pains God when I'm in pain. Listen, we serve a God in heaven who can identify. Jesus knows what it's like to feel pain and discomfort and disappointment. Jesus knows what it's like to cry. He can connect with us on another level because he lived like a human. We don't serve a God that has never been human. He was human so he can, he can identify with our humanity. Say amen to that. I'm talking about providence and pain today. So what does this mean for you today? I have seven things to share with you in this morning. These seven things are going to be a real blessing to you. The first one is real personal. The pain Mary and Martha felt is more real to me this morning than I expected. While I'm teaching this miracle and while we've been teaching on Mary and Martha and Lazarus for a couple of weeks. Um, today is different for me. So while I'm teaching you to identify with the sisters, with Mary and Martha and the pain that they were going through, today I can identify with them on another level. And really, whenever I preach, I always try to identify with the people in the text because if it doesn't preach to me, it can't preach through me. 
But my personal life took uh, an unexpected turn yesterday. And that turn makes this passage more real. As I was going throughout my day yesterday, I found out that one of my uncles was in intensive care. So when my sister told me that, hey, mommy called, uh, mommy, mommy said he, Plinio, uh, Plinio, uh, uh, he's in intensive care. We need to pray. You know, mommy, you, you know, that's her little brother and she loves him and she treats him like a son. So let's make sure, you know, I don't want mommy. And I was like, I told my sister, all right, well, let's pray. We prayed, we released our faith. And then a couple hours later, in a sad turn of events, my uncle died. And I'm trying to like <laughs> keep my composure right now, but my uncle died. Um, after talking to my sister, after talking to Isabella, who's a medical professional, we believe maybe that he had walking pneumonia, not sure. But at the end of the day, he died. And he was my mother's little brother. And today, my mother's one remaining brother and all the sisters will be burying their brother today. And they are in mourning. Well, the whole family's in mourning, but let me just talk about my mother and her sisters and the brother for a minute because it identifies with this text. For me to think about the pain that Mary and Martha were going through, I only need to hear my mother's voice. I only need to think about her and her sisters, you know? They lost their little brother yesterday. And today they're mourning. And today they're about to bury their brother. I share that with you, not to be dramatic or anything. I mean, I, obviously my family's in pain right now. Um, but I share that with you because that's the context. That's what Jesus was walking into when he walked into Bethany. That's what Jesus, I mean, and we serve a God that loves us and can identify with us even in these, these situations. This is a family, Mary and Martha, who are in pain, and I know what it's like because my family's in that same pain right now. So I humbly ask you, I'm going to move on, and I'm going to try to get through these points, but I humbly ask you to pray for my family, pray for my mother, pray for our sisters, pray for our brother as they bury their brother today. Yeah, it's not easy. We have a family chat, and the family chat is just going crazy on WhatsApp. Um, so yeah, that's the situation Jesus walked into. There was a lot of pain, but we serve a God that can identify with it. All right, let me, let me move on from that. Um, that got a little bit more real to me than I wanted it to be. All right, so let's, let's move on. Point number two. God can get glory out of bad situations. All right, so let's talk about it. God... Let's be clear about something. God does not create bad situations just so that he can turn around and help you get out of them. First of all, let me pause. I see there's a lot of stuff going on in the chat. Um, I'll go back and look at the chat after, after today's word. And thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. Thank you for praying for my family. All right, so let's be clear about something. God doesn't create a bad situation just so that he can turn around and do something for you and then get the glory out of it. That would make God a monster. God is not a monster. God is not out here creating bad situations so he, he can get the glory. But what God does is that he can take a bad situation with the devil meant for evil and turn it around for your good. The Bible is riddled with situations that Satan came in, did one thing, but God turned it around for the good of the people and the glory of God. So when God is working in a bad situation in your life, 
just know, keep looking up and not down, forward and not backward. Just know that his glory will be manifested in the fullness of his timing. And so when you understand that God is still God and that, that God can still manifest his glory, it will help you endure the pain and the hardship while you're going through the process. God did not create the sickness that attacked Lazarus's body. God did not create the sickness that led to Lazarus's death, but he did use the situation to advance Jesus's ministry. And that's how it is with you in your life. God doesn't make bad things happen for you, but he will turn them around for your good. When things happen that were unexpected, just know that God already knew and he already made plans for you and he will use this. In the end, all things will work together for your good. Number three, pain is often involved in any story where God gets the glory. Listen, if you want God to get the glory in your life, study any story where God gets the glory. And you're probably going to find somebody that went through some stuff. <laughs> and so if you want God to get the glory from your life, you got to know that you're going to have to endure something. This story of Lazarus is amazing. Here we are preaching it 2,000 years later. But when it, And when it happened, it spread like wildfire. God was glorified. Jesus was exalted. Hopes were lifted. Faith was stirred. Impossibilities seemed possible. But don't forget that for all of that to happen, there was a family that had to endure tremendous pain. Lazarus had to die. Mary and Martha had to mourn. Jesus had to cry. So remember that the next time you're facing a painful situation, just know that in the end, God can use it somehow for his glory and, and he can turn it around for your good. Put in the chat, say, Lord, turn it around for me. God never promised us a pain-free life. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, 2 Timothy 3 and 12, all that live godly shall suffer persecution. John 13, uh, 16 and 33, the Bible says, in this world, you will have trouble. But thankfully, Jesus went on to say, take good heart because I've already overcome the world. Listen, part of our experience as humans is pain. Pain is part of our experience. Now, when we get to heaven, like my, my uncle is, we're going to get to a place where we have no pain. When we get to heaven, we will have no pain. But when things happen down here in the earth, something bad happens, like happened for my family yesterday. Just remember that pain is part of our human experience. Down here in this world, we're going to have pain. Now, when we get to heaven, we're not going to have pain. So when you get to heaven, that'll be a, a land of no pain. That's pain-free. But down here in this world, we have pain. So because pain is part of the human experience, when things happen, like happened for my family yesterday, take that pain in. And remember that this is part of your humanity. When you get to heaven, you're not going to have this. So experience the, have the full experience of your humanity now and know that pain is part of the process. Number four, we serve a God who cares. Say, God cares for me. Put in the chat, God loves me. Say, God, put in the chat, God cares for me. We don't serve like a despondent, disconnected God, like a, a distant God that doesn't know us, that can't identify with us, that doesn't understand our pain. No, no, no. When Jesus saw Mary crying, when Jesus saw the, the, the mourners crying, Jesus wept. He was overwhelmed with grief and pain. Jesus wept because the people that he loved were in pain. And when God looks at my family today, I know it hurts his heart that my family is hurting. When Jesus saw Mary crying and all the people crying, he was overwhelmed. He wept because they wept 
wept. Jesus was 100% God. He was also 100% man. So we serve a God that can identify with our situation. He, As a God, he knew, hey, look, Jesus, when he was standing there, as a God, he knew already what the end was going to be. As a God, he already knew, hey, look, I'm going to be glorified. Lazarus is about to be raised. But as a man, he wept. As a man, he cried. As a God, he was like, okay, I'm going to go raise him from the dead. But as a man, he identified with their pain and he cried. He hurt for the family that was going through that terrible situation. God knows, watch this, both the end of your story and the pain that you're going through. God knows both the end of your situation and the pain that you must endure between now and then. And so he will identify both. With, he will encourage you to keep going because he says, hey, son, hey, daughter, I'm going to work this thing out. Hey, son, hey, daughter, I'm still going to do what I said. Hey, son, hey, daughter, I will be glorified in the end. But not only does he encourage you to keep going so that you can get to the end of the thing so that I can run on and see what the end is going to be. God will also say, hey, son, hey, daughter, but I identify with the pain that you're going through in the process. Hey, son, hey, daughter, I am with you every step of the way. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never turn my back on you. Although I know the end from the beginning, that doesn't mean that you're not going to go through pain in the process. And while you're going through the pain, I'm still there. I identify with you. I'm going to be with you through the process. I will give you comfort and peace while you're going through it because I know the end, but I know the pain. I know both. Thank God for providence and pain. Say amen to that. Number five, sometimes healing and restoration come after pain and suffering. Sometimes healing and restoration come immediately, but sometimes they don't come until after pain and suffering. Sometimes people get delivered from cancer with one word. Sometimes people get delivered from cancer after painful chemotherapy. Sometimes people get out of the bed in a moment, but sometimes they have to go through all types of physical therapy before their healing comes. Sometimes, sometimes it's immediate and sometimes it comes after pain and suffering. The story of Lazarus teaches us that we may experience pain. We may experience suffering in this world. But God can still bring healing and restoration in the end. We face challenging situations, but we must remain in faith in God, knowing that God is still God. Even though my family is hurting today, we know God is still, well, we're not blaming God. God is still God. Remind yourself that God is still God, that he still has a, pl a plan for your life, and that he will help you to endure the heartache and pain. Number six, God's, present, God's presence and his comfort are available to us in the time of pain. God's presence, thank God for his presence, and his comfort are available to us when we're going through painful situations. People may think they're ready. Look, I've been preaching for 28 years as a pastor, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. <sighs> you know, I mean, we're in the people business, so we have to deal with, with weddings and funerals. And from a funeral perspective, people are never ready. People think they're ready. They're not ready. I mean, most people just not. People, you may think you're ready, but when it finally happens, most people are not ready for the death of a loved one. And if it's not death, maybe it's something else. But whatever the terrible situation is, people may think they're ready. But when it happens, a lot of times we're not ready. But, but we can find peace and solace in knowing that God is still there. That it is God's presence that helps us through it. God never promised it would be easy. He just promised to be with us every step of the way. God not, never promised us a pain-free life. He just promised to be with us. He said, I will never leave you, never forsake you, never turn my back on you. Not to any degree. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree relax the grip that I have on you, says the Lord. So God is going to be with us and his presence is what gives us peace 
when Jesus showed up, his presence did something for Mary and Martha. Although Martha didn't get it at first, I got it, but Mary got it. But his presence brings with it this level of peace through the pain. In times of pain, in times of suffering, we can find peace in knowing that God loves us, he's there for us, and he is acquainted with our struggles and our pain. And he can provide us support through the Holy Spirit. The psalmist said this in Psalms 46. God is our refuge and our strength. He is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Why is it that I will not fear? Because my God is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. In the time of trouble, God is present. In the time of trouble, God is present with my family today, my family in the Dominican Republic and my family all over the U.S. My God is present and he is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Number seven, as I close, last point for today. Your mess becomes your message and your test becomes your testimony. Listen, you want a great testimony. You can't have a testimony if you don't go through anything. You will never know God as an overcomer if you don't have anything to come over. The story of Lazarus, the resurrection of Lazarus from the dead. Yeah, I mean, the fame went and it spread abroad. It was crazy. It was like people were going crazy that this man was dead for four days and, and Jesus came and he delivered him. And, and, and Jesus's ministry blew up to the point where the Pharisees and the Sadducees decided to kill Jesus as, as a result of this miracle. But through it all, this family had to endure some pain. But the pain became the power and the test became the testimony. The mess becomes the message. Listen, if you want to have this great testimony, you must be willing to endure whatever you have to endure on the, on the path to your purpose and the path to your destiny. As we share stories of overcoming adversity, we got to be reminded that as believers, sometimes we got to face adversity and pain. But we also got to be reminded of God's providence in the pain. We can find, watch this. The apostle Paul asked the Lord three times to take this thorn in the flesh away. The Lord said, no, he says, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. And Paul said, well, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and distresses and in persecutions for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I'm, I'm, I am made strong. He says, listen, I found that there are some situations that are painful that God will not remove me from. I don't know why. These are some things that I will not understand until I get to heaven. But for now, while I'm going through the painful situations, I actually find pleasure in the pain, knowing that one, God is with me. Two, his grace is with me to overcome it. And some way, somehow, not only will I get through this, but God is going to use it for his glory. We can find pleasure in pain, knowing that there's purpose wrapped up in it somehow. Listen, I can't tell you that I'm going to understand this. The whole thing that happened with my uncle yesterday, of course, people can question God. There's some things we're not going to understand until we get to heaven. But for now, know this. God is still God. God still loves us and God loves you and God will see you through your situation. So I know I close out every message with a declaration of faith. Before I do the declaration, I want to pray for you real quick. You're praying for my family. Thank you but I want to pray for you before we do the declaration. Father, I lift up the person that's watching this video right now. I pray that even as I was ministering and as 
pain rose up in their hearts or whatever they're facing. And as you were flashing things and things were jumping up to the forefront of their minds and, and even painful memories, I pray, Father, that you would give them comfort and peace in, the, in this moment. I pray that you would overtake them with your love and your grace and your favor and that you would encourage them to keep going because there's something waiting for them on the other side of the pain. So I release grace and favor over you. I declare that there's this empowering presence over you to keep going. You will not cave in. You will not give up and you will not quit. There's something waiting for you on the other side of the pain and you will experience it by the grace of God. In Jesus name. Amen. I just wanted to pray for you. Say amen to that. And I hope that you receive it. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say this out loud. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. You are revealing yourself to me in a way that helps me to endure the pain of the process. I know I am called to your purpose. I know your will will be manifested in my life. I know I am on the road to my destiny, but that does not mean that I will be exonerated from challenge, oppositional pain. While I am enduring pain, I remind myself that you are sovereign. You know the end from the beginning. You already know the end of the story and this gives me peace. I also remind myself that you love me enough to keep me until I see your expected end. You did not promise me a pain-free life, but you did promise to be with me every step of the way. I overcome because you overcame. Despite the pain, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. I want you to apply it and prosper. If you're not getting my notes, come on now. The notes, you get the notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. I want you to walk into this day knowing that God is on you and in you and with you and for you. I want you to walk into this day reminding yourself of God's providence and our pain. Even in painful situations, God is still God. Do me a favor, two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. Of course, I'm going to go back and read all the stuff you guys said about, for my family. Thank you. And then share this message right now. On, this is a message people need to hear. Come on. Share it right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. outro video is not working. All right, so listen. Uh, <laughs> here's the three things I talk about in the outro video. If you're not a member, uh, if you're not a partner with Rick and Isabella Pena Ministries, go to rpministries.org and hit, hit the donate button. You can partner with us. If you don't have any of our products, you want the books that I wrote and I'm about to publish another one. Go to rickpena.co. And then if you're not part of our coaching program and you want that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pena. I see you tomorrow morning. I love you. God loves you too. God bless you.